Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everyone, this is Carrie Stevens, and I am here to conquer the Shout It Out Loud cast. That's right, Tom and Zeus are in big trouble. Bend over, boys. Carrie's taking over. That's right, people. We're back with another episode of Dorm Damage, the show where anything and everything is on the table and the table gets smashed. This week, a very special episode with a brand new secret guest. Zeus, what's going on this week on Dorm Damage? Well, we brought Murph. Yeah, but everybody oh. knows Murph. Oh, I think this, yeah, but I think this is Murph's first appearance on Dorm Damage. It is. It is, yes. And yeah. uh, we brought Dan I Love It Louder. And the reason we brought him is because the four of us got to see the Eagles and Staley Dan at TD Garden on September 11th. Yes. Dan, welcome, my friend. This is a first for you, for us and for our audience. Thanks, everybody, for having me. This is, this is super fun. It's great to see the Eagles, and it was, you know, Steely Dan was there, too. Oh, what do you mean Steely Dan was there, too? No, it was we great to see Steely it. Dan and the Eagles were there, too. That's okay. We'll get into it. Um, this is the first show that we've ever had where we have two Hall of Famers, Tom. Oh, well, I didn't even think of that. That's right. This is the Hall of Fame extravaganza. That's right. That's right. Suck it, Casada. You got to bring him in. I I don't I don't put any clips on for this show. So fuck no, him anyway. No, so it doesn't no, matter. No. Uh, Who's Joey yeah. Who is that? <laughs> <laughs> this guy thinks he he's like, plays drums, but it's he's he's a, it's, it's OK. Yeah. He's a hanger. He's a hanger on kind of guy. Yeah. <laughs> so for me, this would be my fourth time seeing the Eagles. Uh, I saw them with Murph last time, a couple years back, uh, with my daughter. And uh, Tom, unfortunately, was going to go, but it was a little bit of a COVID thing there going on. Didn't get to make it. 
Uh, we have a little group that, uh, and I'm just going to give you guys some background. We have a little group that we talk about the Eagles. It's Dan Murph and I, and we had Tom in the beginning. We're like, all right, he's fucking hating this. We had a text group and he hated this. So we kept them out of it. And then all of a sudden these tickets came available and we got them. And Tom's like, I'm going to go because Steely Dan's there. So we added Tom back in. It was painful for him to hear all this Eagles talk, but uh, we were managed. We managed to get him in and come along because Steely Dan was going to open up. Now the, the uh, event was at TD Garden. We managed to get floor seats. We were from the fifth row. It was incredible. Mm-hmm. Now, all of us had took different paths to get there. My daughter had a floor, uh, a field hockey game, and I and I didn't think I was going to make it in time there. The fact that I left from Northboro, Massachusetts, and made it to TD Garden in a rain, which we thought her game was going to get canceled, but of course it wasn't. But I made it there in time found you guys and didn't miss a song i knew it was going to be a great night that that's how i knew it was going to be great yeah so i jumped on this i mean first of all i love hanging out with these guys anyways and but i jumped on it because steely dan first of all the odds of our friend dan being in the area for the show the show being on a monday which rule of thumb for a lot of us here midweek concerts are kind of a no-no unless it's something like it, it huge like this so a huge Steely Dan fan. I've seen him three times, and we know, or, or we know, and if you guys don't know, the relationship between the Eagles and Steely Dan goes way back. They love each other. They kind of hint at each other in some of their songs. So Steely Dan opening and and you know a legacy act like the Eagles. That that I'm a I've been a casual fan for the Eagles. I'm like I, I'm like we got to go. This is just going to be a great night, and uh, you know, and we'll, we'll get into it. You know, we'll talk about the set list and, and all that stuff. So Dan, how many times have you? First of all, Dan, have you ever been to the Garden to see a show? And if you have. Who'd you see, or how many times have you seen the Eagles or Steely Dan, et cetera? The only time I've been to the Garden was to see Metallica in 2009 on the Death Magnetic Tour. Which is, we talked about that, and I thought it was at the same show. That was a pretty incredible show. Yeah. Um, it was a little different. The banners were up. It didn't look like, you know, whatever, because I'm from New York. So it was hard for me to walk into that place, but it was great not to see <laughs> all the Celtics and Bruins and everything else that was there. That made it a little easier. But I've seen the Eagles. Three times. Most recently, mm-hmm. Don Henley had a little bit of vocal trouble in New York, so I needed to redeem what was going on there. Yep. But honestly, and we'll get into this a little bit more, I'm so team Felder that seeing Don Felder live, it's a little bit better than Ooh. seeing the Eagles live. Ooh, there's a hot take right there. We'll get into that. Murph? So as Zeus mentioned, uh, saw the Hotel California tour uh, two years ago which both of us agree is in the discussion for best concert we've ever been to. Yes. Played for three plus hours, played all the hits and some deep cuts. So it was a massive bar that's already been set. But as you mentioned, Tom, just looking forward to the whole evening getting together. And of course, you know, there's got to be stories that come out of it. You know, we, we try to meet for dinner ordering for our friend at a restaurant, telling the waitress, no, someone's really showing up, you know, ordering <laughs> three meals for you know two people there, hoping Zeus gets there on time. And during the concert, you know, it seemed like Noah and his ark was passing in the area because mm. our phones were going off because of flooding in different parts of the area. So never a simple event in gathering. There's always stories that come out of it, but uh, it was an incredible evening and looking forward to talking about it. 
seeing Tom and Murph in the corner of that Italian restaurant, it was almost like the Godfather, but definitely nothing at all like the Godfather. <laughs> Gabagool on every corner of the table, people yelling at them from all corners. It was pretty great. That was pretty good. But the thing that I'm the most excited about was this was just a little appetizer about what's going to happen in three months when the four of us are spending the weekend together for the kiss extravaganza. I mean, the fact that we just spent a few hours together, we had this much fun of a time. Oh, it's going to be nuts. Going to be nuts, Zeus. Yes, I agree with that. Now, I also brought my daughter because she likes the Eagles. She saw them with Murph last time. She's a mm-hmm. huge fan now. So she came along with us. We got there, found you guys, found our spot, and we had like five to ten minutes before Steely Dan comes on. So all of a sudden, lights go down. All these band members, about 50 people came on the stage. Ten. Uh, apparently, <laughs> <laughs> apparently, that was Steely Dan, and I kept looking to see if I see Donald Fagan. And I'm like, I don't see him. I don't see him. And then they start with this like jazz number. I think it's called Phantom Raiders and it's a Stanley Wilson cover. And tell us about that, Tom. Yeah. So every time they open up, they usually, they've been doing that for a while. They they don't come out and do just like an opening track, like, like kiss or whoever they come out and do this. And if you know anything about Steely Dan, so this, this particular show, they came out with a 10 piece band, you know, a horn section, the Danettes, the three female backs, Brown singers, friggin' smoking and fantastic guitar. I mean, these, if you know anything about Steely Dan, especially, you know, Walter Becker has passed. So you got Donald Fagan, who's up front and center and as weird and awkward as he can ever be. The guy's friggin' <laughs> hilarious. We'll get into that, but they come out and they do this jet. Cause these guys are just like jazz. They're like, they're all like musical, like geniuses. It's like insane. And I kept telling all the guys here, I'm like, whatever you do, keep your eye on the drummer. His name is Keith Carlock. The guy's like an absolute beast. If you're into jazz, if you see that movie Whiplash, like that kind of stuff. So they come on, they do that little, um, that little number to kind of get the crowd warmed up. Then they, they come right out and they, and they go into the, they go into Josie and they, they stuck to their hits. You know, they played, uh, they played nine, 10 songs, whatever, you know, we'll kind of get through the set list, but, uh, right off the bat, I'm like, of course, album quality performance from Steely Dan right off the bat. Yeah, I'm just going to add one quick thing. So the band's playing, and I kept saying, where is he? Is that him? Is that yeah. him on keyboards? And you're like, no, no, he's not even out yet. And he comes out, and he's walking like yeah. Bigfoot. Oh, yeah. Like in that thing where his hands backwards, yeah. like it's facing the other way. And he looks like Bigfoot, just an awkward looking man and just a dork yeah total and he's got dork. sunglasses on and he's parked right in the front the keyboards and he sits down and he goes into this song which i didn't know any of these songs yeah and this song is actually pretty good i actually liked it the performance i mean th- th- just seeing that and knowing what i knew what the eagles were going to sound like i'm like holy shit the musicianship i can see why they're rivals and friends and frenemies kind of with the eagles um but talented band well what i liked about the evening is a little backstory tommy and i went to go see steely dan back in 1996 <laughs> and i was uh, a little overserved and only remember seeing two songs and then being awakened by tommy in an empty stadium and the show was over so i was glad to actually see the whole performance and uh, you know i've been more of a, a hits 
fan over the years. Uh, you know, you can hear them everywhere, you know, uh, the, on, uh, the streaming and, and yacht rock and everything, but, uh, just, he surrounded himself with an incredible set of musicians and you don't have to be a fan of Steely Dan to just see during the show, how incredible the performance was. Just don't try to put up your camera and record any of it, which I'm sure we're going to talk about more. (laughs) Yeah. Dan, the, the drummer was so good. It's hard to take your eyes off the drummer. Tom, to your point, he, he was magnetic. He knew, that the whole crowd was watching him. He performed for it. Donald Fagan sounded great, frankly. And the musicians were, were wonderful. The guitarists were loitering on stage, which is a term we're going to use more than once, I'm sure, (laughs) but they were super talented and they were great. A bass player sitting down doesn't do it for me though. I like a bass player standing up, going to the mic and singing. The background singers were super interacting with the whole band. Yeah, they almost were traveling across the whole side of the stage. I thought they were wonderful. Yeah, not many times do you go to a concert and you see a trombone solo, a saxophone solo, and I thought I knew music until Donald Fagan pulled out the Squidward keyboard whistleblower instrument Blue. thing. I don't know what the fuck that thing is called. He, you hold it like a flute, but it's a keyboard. I called it the flute tar. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, this thing is frigging, that's the picture we've been sending back and forth to each other just to get a little chuckle out of each other. But serious jokes aside, um, just a a, a magnificent performance. You know, we'll just kind of blow through the set list real quick because I know we want to get into the Eagles. So they did Josie, Hey 19, Asia, Kid Charlemagne, Dirty Work. And Dirty Work, the Danette sang it because that's a song that was not uh, sung by Donald Fagan. And then Black Friday, Black Cow, Peg. My old school reeling in the years, and they do a Joe Williams instrumental cover called A Man Ain't Supposed to Cry, and that's what they play out with. And then they combine that with um, just a magnificent, mind-blowing drum solo by Keith Carlock, and that was kind of the signal, and it was just kind of like drumsticks drop, bitches, I'm out, and and it was just a friggin' killer way to just end that show, and everybody was just um, wanting for more. And the thing about a show like this Steely Dan gets on right at 740. You could set your clocks with these two bands. You know, this isn't Guns N' Roses and from the 90s or whatever. We like, when the fuck are these guys going to show up? So that was cool. You mean when we saw Guns N' Roses at the Garden and the the concert didn't start till after midnight because Axel wanted to see the Raiders on Monday Night Football? That That's right. Concert? <laughs> yeah. They li- literally <laughs> took the stage at like 1145. After the game. Uh, so the thing I would add is, uh, I, I found all the people watching there, seeing all these older people. We were by far the like, youngest people there. And uh, that state, the, the garden was packed. I've never seen an opening act so packed. Everybody was there ready to see Steely Dan. It was Steely Dan with the, you know, the Eagles, excuse me with steely dan so people came to see steely dan too so that was amazing i also felt like every one of those people had was like a some sort of a character the three ladies none of them could choreograph their dance moves but they could sing like oh yeah they were all just kind of (laughs) doing like a little supreme hand gestures (laughs) well every time i think of that i think of uh uh when that Diana Ross comment she made about Mary Wilson years ago. I was like, who, the professional hand clapper? 
<laughs> meanest comment I've ever heard. But like they just couldn't do that. But the lady on the left was a smoke show. I don't know who she is, but she could sing and she was hot. Um, these are the characters that are in Staley Dan. Brian Wilson played the trumpet from uh the uh from the Beach Boys. Bruce Willis was on the sax. Herm Edwards played the trumpet. The drummer was Jerry the King Lawler. Yes. And the and the bass player was the little Chicago mayor. The little lady with the big eyes and the black hair up to the sky. And then G.E. Smith from the Saturday Night Live band <laughs> and Stuart Smith doubled up from the Eagles to be the two guitar players. Uh, and Donald Fagan is just a great musician, but a fucking dork. <laughs> he's, he's, he's dork. I'm telling you, I heard I heard about this on another podcast that was talking about Steely Dan, and they called because Donald Fagan that they always we always wear sunglasses, and somebody somebody said that Steely Dan are just geeks with shades. That's what they are, and and if you listen to the and they're muse, they're 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 almost like so like when you even meet somebody that's like like so like smart or like like well read in whatever it's the topic awkward. is, and they just awkward. They just they don't know how to function. Do you remember yeah. his like we're all looking at each other when he tried to do stage banter? And we're oh like, yeah, what the fuck is he saying? No <laughs> idea. He's like, <laughs> yeah, like we're gonna some tonight. I think Murph was like, all right, love God. Yeah. <laughs> of course, of course. Yeah. yeah. Paul Stanley, he is not on the mic as the uh, state no. commander. No, no. All right. So that ends Steely Dan's concert, and we knew what was going to come up, and we were all thrown around. Okay, what's the first? And I, I bugged Dan the whole night, like, this is the next song. Uh, I'm guessing this is the next song. But of my guesses, I think I got it right. So the Eagles come out. I thought I said uh, at the end, after my first three guesses, said, oh, how about this one? Because I think you saw the set list before we got there, Dan, right? You knew what was being played. I'm a big set list guy. I like to go and I like to see what's going to go happen. So in case I don't know a song now, it's not the case with the Eagles. But if I'm seeing a, a band that I don't know as well, I want to know the song before I go and see them. Yep. Yeah. So when we saw them last, they started with the Hotel California as the whole album. So they've opened with Hotel California in the past. So I was like, either that or they're going to do like Seven Bridges Road. And that's what they come out with. All of them lined up. At, so when you watch the Eagles all lined up and then you're like, what the fuck is Henley doing with the guitar? Him with the guitar is Mick Jagger. Eddie Vedder with the guitar. It annoys the shit out of me. Put the fucking guitar down. The fact of the matter is they have four other guitarists on stage, Don. They don't need you playing a G chord up there. It's just awkward. But they all line up and they, they do the classic Seven Bridges Road, which they always do so they can get their harmonies out. Uh, let's start with Dan. What do you think? Well, first, I would wager the reason why Henley has a guitar instead of not having a guitar is because he's a drummer. And when you're a drummer and you're singing, you're hiding behind your drum set. There's always something in front of you, right? And when you're up there without a mic, without a guitar, and you're used to being behind the drum set, it's kind of helpful to have a guitar in front of you to sort of do something with your hands. And it's not really that awkward, even though he really wasn't playing the whole time. I mean, really wasn't playing. <laughs> Seven Bridges Road, I mean, it's a great tune, right? I was thinking about this before we got on. What else could they have opened with? And the only answer really is Hotel California. But to have Seven Bridges Road, the lights are shining from on top on all these guys on the stage. Again, they're just the voices. Vince Gill, what an additive band member. 
he's just amazing. I loved it. So Zeus, I'm thinking when you were just making your comments and your question of Don, why you're out there, I'm hearing in my head, well, Mr. Piandes, if you were, it just did the, the <laughs> smarmy answer. Uh, but yeah, I, I think they just all need to be standing there holding something, you know, and, and that's a great point, Dan. But um, the other song I thought they could possibly open with would have been Take It Easy, which you know, came up right after, but then again, Deacon Fry is singing that song. So it probably isn't, you know, the way to truly open it. Um, and knowing what you're in for, for the night, that it's not a terribly heavy sound. It's, you know, a lot of the, the folk, you know, acoustic guitars, um, think back. It's like, yeah, it, it, it makes sense. It's a fan favorite. You know, they've always performed it well live, but just seeing them walk out there, um, yeah, I got really excited because Tommy, I know you were, you know, you were interested. You were kind of like play, playing the game and, and you know, razzing us a bit. But I was really excited to see how you were going to react to it. And I'm not going to lie. Like, I, I looked at you guys when they were walking out and I got a little lump in my throat. because it was like, damn, this is fucking awesome. We're here. We're going to see it. And you know, based on what Zeus and I saw a couple of years ago, I knew they weren't going to disappoint. Yeah. So I went into this blind. Like, I, I mean, I know seven bridges row just cause I mean, I I've, I've heard it. I've heard the Eagles do it. You know, I've heard some of their live albums and whatever. So, I mean, I know the band, I, I just, and it's almost, it's funny cause they don't have that many albums and so many friggin' they, they, they don't have that many albums, but they have volume greatest hits volume one and two, like every friggin' song's a hit. It's insane. It's incredible. But, but anyways, like Dan said, c- coming out on the stage, seeing all the mics, Everybody's standing with the light shining on them and, and the harmony. Like I I'm a, generally speaking, I'm just a fan of anything that sounds good. Anything that like, that moves you, whether it's folk music or metal or hip hop or jazz. or I just, I love anything that sounds good. And Murph, you said it and it happened to me a few times during the show. I got kind of overwhelmed, like, because a band like like a legacy act like this that I've never seen before, seeing it with you guys, seeing it that close and looking at a band that's been around for over 50, you know, 50 years in performing like this. And just, it, it just, it was overwhelming to come out like that. Those harmonies are just so uh, effective. And I I was just like, I'm, I'm, I'm in, I'm in, I'm in, I'm I'm ready. So they used to always like practice at behind before they got on stage as like, Oh, harmony warm-up kind of a thing and then they would go yeah and then both these guys are mocking the video of them doing it with their hands uh so i seven bridges road also i know it from the eagles live which was the first eagles album i've told the story many times on hotel california arc so we're into it seven bridges road but you know the one thing i want to add though is i noticed the only one not playing the guitar on that was joe walsh for some reason I don't know why he wasn't strumming his guitar, but he wasn't. I don't know either. <laughs> I learned from Ace. He showed me what to so, do. So <laughs> that's a running theme, too. <laughs> like Joe Walsh in his face. He is like a a better version of Drunk Ace. Oh, he way better. seems like he has like a stroke. Yeah. And he talks like, I, I don't know what happened to me. I have a medical yeah. problem. I don't yeah. know what the fuck is up with his mouth and his facial expressions. But to compare him as a fucked up human being as he is to Ace performing live at this oh. stage, 
It's fucking night and day. Joe Walsh is so competent, can sing, can play, and he's still fucked up. Nothing compared to what Ace is now. Have you guys ever heard Joe Walsh's most recent solo album, Analog Man? No. No. It's unbelievable. Really? I mean, the guy is super prolific. Who, yeah. who cares about what he looks like and how he acts? I mean, yeah, yeah. He can play. He can sing. He he can do the whole thing with the crowd. He's incredible. He's nothing like Ace. Yeah. Nothing like him except for <laughs> some facial features. Yeah. And he looks like Shemp with blonde hair now. I oh, God. That, 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 that hairdo, not, not a good look. All right, so we get into the classic, which is the first Eagles hit, and it's Take It Easy, and it's uh, sung by uh, Deacon Fry, which is amazing that I have to say who sings the song because there's so many singers on this stage, but it's Deacon Fry, and he does Take It Easy. Dan. Does a great job. Doesn't sound anything like Glenn, but he carries himself sort of in a similar manner. Really great, and what a gig for him, right? I mean. Just incredible. Plays his dad's uh, Les Paul Jr., the black one that's so beautiful and pretty iconic, but everybody associates it with the Eagles. Joe Walsh, I think, played the first guitar solo, and then Stuart Smith played the second one. But when Joe Walsh plays the electric guitar, he is a completely different person than when he plays the acoustic guitar. Mm-hmm. Just completely different. He comes alive, and mm-hmm. everybody sees it. And when he's playing the acoustic, I'm sure we're going to get into it. Um, but again, seeing Stuart Smith up there is very different than seeing Don Felder up there, the interplay, the whole thing. And Timothy Schmidt, who we didn't really talk about yet, really shines on Take It Easy. He does a great job. Well, uh, one thing I want to piggyback on what you're saying is, yeah, we had a running gag where I kept annoyingly screaming out, fake Felder. <laughs> <laughs> he does look a little like Felder. He uh, he does play the guitars, switches to the double neck on Hotel. And it kind of does it, but he ain't Felder up there. Let's Zeus, what about on. what about Henley trolling Felder the whole time dressing like oh, the frontiersman yeah. the way Felder dresses in all the concerts yeah. now? Yeah, yep. he dressed like Felder. You're right. With the they look like they're about to get on a wagon and go west. And the and the white white hair now, and the black and vest and the white. Oh yeah, uh, Murph. Solid performance. We saw the Deacon uh, perform the the song a couple of years ago uh, with among the hits, and he is holding up uh, you know the responsibilities that he was taking on, which are considerable. I mean, it's, it's tough enough replacing Glenn, and then it's you're going to be compared to your father uh, every time you go out there. He he does a great job, and I think what I noticed more just because we we did have that uh, closer view that right now I think Deacon is trying uh, visually to look like his dad circa 1977-78. Yeah, with the big stash, he does look like his dad from the 70s Eagles. Yeah, yeah. Tom? Yeah, I was I was taken aback. I mean, I knew that Deacon Fry, you know, played the role of his dad. And, and again, the, the music and the emotion, I'm just looking at this kid. I'm like, not only is he just crushing it, but like, what what a way to honor your dad like you're like you're playing the role of him in his band and you're just killing it like and it was just and and to so seven bridges road was one thing but then to see the then to see the band playing their instruments and and, and they stretch from one side of the stage to the other so your eyes are just going left to right and just watching everybody do everything it's it's such a it, it's such a way to watch a show as opposed to like when, you know, when you see Kiss, there's Gene over there and there's Paul and there's whoever. 
you're keeping your eyes. Okay. What's Vince Gill doing? Okay. What's Timothy B. Schmidt doing? Other than looking like Ronnie James Dio and the Crypt Keeper, uh, you know, <laughs> um, but it was just, it was phenomenal. It was phenomenal. Tommy, um, I, you know, as we said at the beginning, I was very curious how you were going to react to the, to the performance. And it was like, they weren't even into the chorus yet. And I heard you go, this is awesome. And, yeah. and I, I was in out of the corner of my eye. I was just trying to see how you were reacting. Were you, you know, getting pulled in? And I was pulled, I was pulled in right away. Like yeah. instantly. I was just like in awe. I'm like, I can't believe this. Yeah. I was like, Dad, just, yeah. we got him. Yep. You got me hooked. Yeah. So the only thing that I'm going to just jump on is I find it funny that you keep saying playing the role of him. Were you going to yell out to him too? Fake fry. Well, I know that, that was, I guess that I know that that was, I got, that was bad phrasing. That was bad phrasing. Right. But that <laughs> fake fry. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Uh, so let's go into the next song, which is one of these nights. Dan, this is my favorite Eagles guitar solo better than hotel California for me. This is it. Who did but, the solo? Oh, Felder did. Oh. Absolutely Felder did. And Stuart Smith was there too. But Stuart Smith is <laughs> an amazing musician, right? They should oh, yeah. not Don oh, yeah. Felder. No, but he's Tommy Thayer of the Eagles. Yeah. I mean, Henley's voice is amazing. It sounds really great. There's no, I didn't think there was any lip syncing or anything like that. He doesn't need it. He's just great. Hello, Pantheon Podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles plus awareness mode, available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind, and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right. You'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Hey folks, Stefan Shirazi and Renee Richardson here from the Metallica Report. And we are proud members of the Pantheon podcast family, where the best of music and podcasts unite. We've got something pretty cool for you. We're giving away an exclusive Metallica merch package worth over $250. That's a whole lot of scary guys, skulls, M72, and other sought-after Metallica swag. And we've made it easy for you to win. Follow and share the Metallica Report, and you're in the game. Go to pantheonpodcast.com slash Metallica, enter your email, and hit that button to be entered to win. And just like that, 
you're eligible for our monthly exclusive Metallica merch package. And guess what, Rockers? You can enter every month. So just do it. And while we love our global brothers and sisters, the lawyers won't let us ship outside the U.S. Yeah, at this point, at this point of the show, it was in, you know, it was in cruise control. I knew what we were expecting. I knew they weren't going to disappoint any of the songs. It was that, you know, just what are they going to play? And when they came along this, it was like, yep, nice. All right. And I just savor the moment. So again, I'm going into this blind. I, I don't know. I mean, obviously I know who Don Felder is. I don't know who Stuart Smalley is or whatever the fuck <laughs> is, whatever the guy's name is. Fake Felder. But, but, but independently speaking and not comparing him to Felder, just looking at him as a talent. I was blown away. I thought he, he played like 17 different guitars all night and everything he did. I thought it sounded great. Again, he doesn't have the power and the passion, and the emotion of Felder, but I thought he was great. And I love, this is one of my all time favorite Eagle songs. If I have some, I love this. I love that little opening, that little bass in, in seeing Timothy B. Schmidt talk about just real quick. I want to give everybody talks about this band. Timothy B. Schmidt. I mean, just keeping the, the groove rolling the entire night. You know, just over there, you know, he's 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 a smaller guy compared to everybody else on that stage. And God love him. He he was just killing it, just keeping the groove going all night, and especially on, on this song. Yeah, Stuart Smith's been with the band since 01, since yeah. they fired Felder. So he's just a professional and a exactly. great guitar player. Yeah. But unfortunately, he's just there to do the Felder part. And he yep. kind of looks like him, so he gets that shit. Uh the only problem I had with this, and this is what I said to you, Dan, I'm like, is he lip singing? Because on one of these nights, that's Randy Meisner, who does all that background and high pitch stuff, and who takes over on the outro and all that. And I could see him singing, but I'm like, it sounds just like Randy. And I don't remember Don doing those high pitched voices. I don't know. It was you guys felt. Yeah, yeah. Henley Henley does do those last outro sort of high falsetto voices. That's him. So if you watch the 1977 video of them at the Capitol Theater that came with the history of the Eagles, mm-hmm. when they play uh, when they play the song, you can sort of see it all there. And Randy definitely definitely is doing those backgrounds, but it's Henley doing the falsetto at the end. And you can hear you can even hear the difference in the voice. Randy's voice is. His consistency is different than Henley's. Is Henley's more raspy, Randy's is more pure, and that's why Schmidt works in the band pretty well. But it was interesting. Schmidt and um, Vince Gill were doing the same type of doubling, so that's why there was a little bit of that confusion. There's also too much to see on the stage. Exactly, Way too much to see on the stage. It, it, it does get overwhelming. <laughs> the one thing I did notice from this concert, from the last one, is Don stayed on stage the whole time. Uh, Henley was probably off stage for about half the songs the last time after they did Hotel California. Like he would take breaks, especially on Joe Wall songs. Like I'm not doing drums. He would leave. And so they would basically come back this time and Don would play drums. Or if he didn't play drums, he was up front. If he didn't play up front, he was doing the bongos or the congas, whatever the fuck he was doing on the side. Um, anyways, next track, new kid in town. Time for me and my daughter to take a little bit of a break and sit down dan it was great to see the, the crowd go like up and down up and down and the audible groans that were happening as people were going up and down it was that was pretty funny this is a great tune jay south their song love it can't get enough of it they crushed it 
my MVP for the night, Vince Gill, uh, was looking for it for when he jumped in. And I just, he's been such a value add to that group over the last couple of years as, as they've been touring. And uh, he didn't disappoint, knocked it out of the park. Murph, I second that. Vince Gill was easily my MVP. I mean, the whole band was fantastic, but uh, just he just he crushed everything he did. He crushed in in vocally on this one. It was it was fantastic. Yeah, I, I'm a big Vince Gill fan. I loved him since the '90s with his voice. One of the best musicians. He, him and Patty Loveless are do session work and background vocals for like every big album in the 90s because their voice is so good and their own stuff is just incredible he's won a million grammys perfect addition to the eagles makes uh makes a song uh, like a new kid on town a new kid in town pretty good i i just was never a big fan of the song so that's the only reason but uh let's go to the next track which is take it to the limit done by the aforementioned vince gill dan love when Vince sings this song really brings it all alive for me and yeah, what can you say it's a huge hit great tune and Vince's voice is you know unlike any other I was surprised that they went into this back to back for uh you know double double Vince performance but that was going to be one of the highlights of the night because you know at the end when he was going to hit the high note you know can he hit it that's the the story of what was uh, kind of Randy's downfall among other things. And uh, that got a reaction out of the crowd when, when Vince, as we all knew, would hit those notes. Give me more Vince. I love the back-to-back. It was great. The song is okay for me, but again, when you see certain songs live, you're just like, okay, now this is my new favorite song. This is my new favorite song because the live experience just takes you to a different place than when you're hearing it, you know, anywhere else. So got to love Vince. Yeah, so take it to the limit. I, I've never heard it sung by Randy Meisner. By the time I saw them on the reunion tour in 94, he was already out of the band. So I knew what I would get, and uh, Vince always does a great job on it. It's a great song. It's a Mount Rushmore Eagle song for me, and they did a great version of it. Uh, next song, Best of My Love, which uh, I believe, because it was September 11th, Don Henley gave it as a tribute to America. Um, another time for me and my kid to take a seat. Dan. Love a tribute to America, an important day. Uh, that was good. But commenting on the song, I'm, I'm going to pass on this one. I could have easily left this out. I don't need to listen to this song ever again. Never liked it. Don't even know why it's in the set. Good song. Never skip it if it comes up. But it was at that point that you know we had just hit so many good songs. And this is still, it's a great song. It's not, you know, New Kid in Town's a, a kind of more laid back mellow, but that was the first time on, in the night where I feel like, you know, the majority of the people were sitting down, catching their breath. And it just seemed like there was a little shift in the, uh, in the air at, at that song. Sounded great, but I uh, agree, Dan, that it was, uh, you know, not something that was knocking it out of the park from uh, reaction wise. Yeah, you see a lot of bands do this, though. Once they get, they, you know, they blow the, the audience away with a couple of hits, popular ones, and then they kind of settle into their groove and, and kind of pull back on the throttle a little bit. And that's clearly what they were doing here. What's funny is that's their first number one song. <laughs> and everybody sits down. That's how many fucking hits these guys got. Oh, it's a number one song. Let's just sit down. Like everybody else would be like, let's put this at the encore. They're like, oh, let's throw this in and take a break. Uh, then 
they go into something that I'm like, what the fuck is this? That we all were like, what the fuck is this? They didn't play this song this way two years ago. And that was witchy woman, a funky, spooky background with all sorts of shit in the background. Dan, what'd you think? I love when they let loose, when the Eagles let loose and do something that's different than what they've done on record. That's when the band really shines in the seventies. You see it in the videos when Walsh and Felder do something different. Everybody reacts differently. And this one, it started with a boogie. Zeus and I were like, is this dirty laundry? Yeah. What are they going into? Yep. Yep. And then which woman for me, this version, this was the highlight of the show. Wow. Wow. Yeah, I wasn't sure where they were going. Same deal. You know, I know I was kind of uh, on the outside, uh, so didn't hear that conversation. But that was my thought: is this dirty laundry? And yeah, the the background it had the Halloween vibe, so it was uh, it was weird, but different take. Uh, definitely sounded different, Zeus, than what we've heard in the past. But it was it was a good performance. I felt like uh, it was a good rebound from the previous song, from just getting a little energy back into the crowd. Oh, which a woman. Uh, yeah, right off the bat, I'm like, this is dirty laundry. I love dirty laundry. And then all of a sudden I'm like, oh shit, they're like funking up witchy woman. And I, I, I thought it was great. I loved it. I like the song anyways, but adding that little kind of little extra to it was really cool. Yeah. The, they don't usually do like special effects or something, but that background stuff, you picked up on it very kiss like. Well, anyways, let's get to the next song and the next song. Is uh, I'm going to take a seat because I think actually this is the first time Dan took a seat. Peaceful, easy feeling. I really don't like the studio version of this song, but I really like the live version. It's really grown on me. The first time I saw Felder at City Winery, I think it was 2014, and he played this. I thought it was a super weird choice for him, but then it sort of turned my ears onto a different version. And now when the Eagles play it, it sounds like that. It's more electrified. It's they do an extended guitar solo. It's a whole thing that's very different than the studio version. So I, I have always been a fan of song. Uh, I know it's it's another mellow one. I mean, I think if I look back, I, I do like more of the traditional uh, acoustic sounds. I, I love it. I mean, it, it's just that simple. I thought they sounded great. They all come together. Harmonies kicked in. Uh, just uh, one, this, this for me was one of the higher ranking songs of the evening. And this is why you had me come to the show with you guys, because when I think of like how I'm kind of like ambivalent about the Eagles, sometimes I'm like, oh, don't, don't they sing peaceful, easy feeling? Ah. It's I mean, it's not a bad song, but I'm just like, this, this is just a little too light in the ass for me. I, 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 I need I need a little I need a little bit more. Again, the performance was great. It sounded terrific, but not not a song that I, I like to hear repeatedly with the Eagles. Well, when all seven of them are going, exactly. Yeah. Peaceful, easy feeling does not get you to jump up and fucking fist pump and go nuts. (laughs) It's, it's a great song. Don't get me wrong. Again, it's just one of those things that like all the kiss songs when you hear them in concert, you're like, I've heard the song. All right. I know it. Can we move to the next one and get me excited? It's a good song and uh, it's a hit for them. So, and that was Deacon. I believe that saying this version, right? Yep. Yes. Yep. And then we move on to uh, another one, which I think I continue to sit down. Not a big fan of off Desperado. And that is Tequila Sunrise. Dan. Pass. <laughs> Great movie. Michelle Pfeiffer throwing 95. 
1987 for the the movie with the same name. Uh, like the song, same reason as mentioned before, but given Dan's reaction, I'll just keep uh, I'll just end it there. It's all right. Again, right now I am fully I'm I am buying stock in the Eagles right now. I'm I'm in. I mean they they could be they could do anything right now, and I'm going to be like this is fucking incredible. Now ask me to put on like you know this song like while I'm sitting around my living room, I would probably not do it. But again, the live atmosphere, I'm just like okay, I like it. Again, these are all good songs. Yes. When I feel like, and I know the other two because they are more familiar with the material, they could have done a million songs and you'd be more excited to hear them. Not that Tequila Sunrise is like some overdone thing. It's just that they have so many other great songs, but they always have to play this song because it was kind of a hit for them and they throw it in. All right, let's go to the next song. And finally, Joe Walsh takes the mic and they do a fucking ripping version of in the city god damn it i love this song and it just keeps growing on me more and more and it's off one of my favorite eagles albums the long run dan song never gets old it's a super simple song super simple arrangement but walsh is just everybody looks at him everybody wants to see him play everybody wants to see him move around and do everything he does he's just amazing I wish I could say I like this song. Uh, I, I just Walsh's catalog. I've I've just never been able to, to buy into it. So for me, uh, unfortunately, his songs are going to rank at the bottom for the night for me. So this was this was a pass. Uh, here's what's happening with Murph as he ages. He's afraid yeah. of he's afraid of electric guitars. That's what's happening to Murph. It's it's got to be he can't he can't listen to loud music. Uh, I love when the Eagles rock out. I, I and I love Joe Walsh. I think he's a super awesome friggin' guitarist. Sometimes underrated among in certain circles. Um, the songs for the Eagles this is like a heavy song, and you could you could feel the infusion of energy in the crowd when this song came on after a couple of kind of you know mellow kind of tunes. Which obviously the Eagles are mellow. But I, I thought this one, this was great. Tom, you hit the nail on the head. Do you see how much the crowd just got up yep. when this came on and Joe Walsh started singing? Yep. The energy he brought to it? Wow. And and you're right. It's a simple kiss-type song, rock. It reminds you of the Gene Sum of the crunch. Just like, yep. um, And then just his vocals. Because I'm like, how is he going to sound? Because he looks all cracked out. His voice oh. and oh, his yeah. mouth is going one way, his eyes the other, his hair's another way flat. But even just the simple part of the song that you guys all know, no one's there to catch you when you fall. And he carries that note. Could you imagine a singing this? No. <laughs> Period. No one's there to catch you when you fall. Oh, my God. But he like you almost expect him to fuck this up, but he doesn't. He's fucking right on point. Just a professional when it comes to performing. A professional, and he is a fuck up, but he's a professional on there. And then uh, it's time for me to sit down again, and because this is, I think, Murph's favorite or Dan's. I don't know. One of you two love this song, and that is "I Can't Tell You Why." Finally, sung by Timothy B. Schmidt, his first time around. Like, think about he friggin' sings. That's I think the fifth person singing now. So Timothy B. Schmidt, and that's another number one song by a 
different singer. So, Dan, you. Unbelievable song. I think either Schmidt or Felder called it airy. So there's so much air in it. And the guitar solos and the guitar, it's just the way they intertwine. It's all great. I love this song. Yeah, it was uh, It was interesting that it took until halfway through the show before Schmidt actually got to sing. You had Deacon and, and Vince Gill, you know, performing multiple times beforehand. But Zeus, you know, as you mentioned, I know, you know, he's a fake Randy, whatever you want to call him. But I, I really, I truly, truly love this song. It is my favorite Eagle song because it's the one that I stumbled upon first. Uh, I was that person that bought uh, volume two before volume one and this was the one that jumped out to me but the other part and dan as you referenced i think my favorite part of the song is the end just that just airy outro uh performed back in the day by felder it it just i I think that's what has always won me over with the song so highlight for me yeah good song i like this one too and and i just like the change of pace with uh timothy b schmidt's vocals i thought you know i thought he crushed it and uh yeah nice nice song i liked it so he uh, introduced Joe Walsh afterwards, uh, Timothy B. Schmidt, at, before he started. And the crowd usually goes nuts. It's a big thing. Mr. Joe Walsh. Everyone goes, it's an Eagles thing. But the other part of this is when they did that song, I remember that Glenn Fry goes over to Timothy B. Schmidt. Congratulations. I bet this is going to be a number one song. And he told them that and he just joined the Eagles. So it's a pretty uh, foretelling kind of a comment to make. Then they get into Lion Eyes by Vince Gill. Dan. Love this song. Great song. A little long in concert, though. Yeah. I was expecting Deacon to be singing this. I forgot. I don't know if he's done it before, but, you know, just as we talked about how, uh, you know, we were all such a big fan of Vince that night. It was it was nice to see him take that song. And uh, I don't remember it feeling as, as long. Uh, but, you know, the, these two back to back might have been my uh, high point for the night. Wow. OK, this was probably my most memorable moment of the show the entire night not saying it's my favorite eagle song not saying it's but this by this point i am so like just in on what i'm seeing and hearing and experiencing when they all hit the chorus of this song with the harmonies i i i I could feel it in my body like i could feel it and i'm like this this is why you go to concerts this is why you listen to music like that like oh it was just awesome Tommy, was, was that the point where you turned to me and said, I know what I'm getting for my next tattoo now? No. <laughs> <laughs> Tom, I, I was good. That was my comment, basically. It's when the Eagles hit the chorus, you can, huh? Incredible. And they all are singing this. All game. of them. Overwhelming for me. It's one of those things that is a similar thing that I've said to you. Like, I hear Staley Dan. You can't say that these guys aren't talented you can't mistake that same thing if you hear a rush song like these guys are talented you may not like it but holy shit same thing with the line eyes now let's go to joe walsh doing his hit which was on the eagles live but life's been good about now we're talking long it's a good song but it's a little bit long in the tooth and they cut it a lot but it was still really long i think this is the point in the show where he went over to vince gill and they were doing some repeating guitar lines together that to me was that was a super highlight because Vince Gill can rip, but he's not really able to rip in the Eagles, right? Right. But he's he might be the best guitar player on the stage. Yeah, he's I mean, a session guitar player. Yeah, man, is he special? And uh, 
the highlight of the song was seeing that interplay for me. Pass. Electric guitar. That would be Murph's like haunted house. Oh my god! All these guitars are plugged in. I can't. I can't. I can't sleep. I, it's. It's. Oh my it's god! The, there's an amplifier. It's the voice. I'm sorry. Well, I'll, so I'll just jump my in. Maserati First of all, I I've always thought this song is a mess. I I think like the the verse the the, the structure of the verses and stuff. I'm like, what a this. Musically, yeah, it was great, the guitars and stuff, but this song has always been just silly to me. This is this this is like something like stupid like Ace would do. I know we keep comparing <laughs> to Ace. This is like a this is like a bad Ace song. It's just, Rock Soldiers or something. Yeah, it's just stupid. Yeah, it's stupid. It is it works because it's got a wink in his eye when he's doing this song. Yeah. You know what I mean? I lost my life and now I don't drive. <laughs> it's just, it's a little bit of a wink there. But the yeah. thing is, Dan, he did go around with, I think, all the guitar players and played with them, each one of them, a little bit, right? I think that was the song that he did that. Well, he played, he plays in the, I think it's the next song or the next one with Deacon. And that sounds really good. Um, yeah. But this one with Vince, just, Vince is amazing. Yeah. All right. Now we get into what could be my favorite Eagle song of all fucking time. Already gone. Yeah, agreed. This is this is a great tune. Again, Deacon with the Black Last Paul looks like Glenn and just crushes. They really ripped it. It's a wonderful version. Yeah, I think it actually was the the best sounding song of the night. The the crowd really got into it. Uh it's got a different energy and uh to your point, Dan, I, I think it was this song where um, Joe Walsh was in front of us uh, for the night. And, you know, all, you know, my comments about his songs and singing, he is an incredible player. He is so good. And, you know, we were able to just see it up close. I mean, he is nimble, the de- dexterity, just unbelievable performance by him, particularly on the song. I think I was paying a little more attention, but oh, all night, you know, Every one of them just were solid, solid performances. Love this song. This is one of the one of the songs I've always really liked about the Eagles, and they didn't disappoint. Crushed it live again. The harmonies are just mind blowing. Glenn Fry, this song, the lyrics are just so badass. It's a kiss off song, like "Go oh, fuck yourself out of here," whatever. And it's just, it's got that Paul Stanley type catchy chorus, the woohoo and the whole band doing that it, it's just like it's like an anthem and eagles don't really yeah. have anthems but this is as close as they're going to get with this and i thought deacon does well but you know Stuart smith you're no don felder on this solo he does not have that touch yep. and uh, i mean it's still good but it's just it didn't got, doesn't give you the chills when i see the youtube videos of it next don henley did one of my favorite songs boys of summer the only thing i just want to add is there's this thing that i think i call like the henley move and that's when he goes into that falsetto where he just raises his voice and he does it on this song just as much of anything that is ever out there and i just um i i can't tell it but i can't see you your brown skin shining in the sun that voice is just it's an angel that's all i'm gonna say Love this song. Pass on it live. 
my favorite solo song of his, uh, but in the context of the evening, I was fine if they didn't play. Uh, I'll be honest with you. I don't want to hear any solo material when I see the Eagles. I want to hear Eagles songs. Yeah, but they've it, it's all been incorporated. No, no, no. I know. I know. I'm just saying. I'm so just saying we that- all. So Eagles fans are all used to it. No, oh, no, no. I know. Joe's songs. I don't, I don't like it. But you're not going to hear fucking you belong to the city. Uh, whatever that well, I, 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 where, where the hell was Smuggler's Blues with the fucking <laughs> give me give me the heaters on. I mean, if you're going to do yeah, that, that's a good song. <laughs> all right. So next song they go to is Funk 49. Easily, I could pass on this. I've heard this enough times. I'm not a big fan of this song, but it's a lot. It's a showcase for um, Joe Walsh to do some guitar. Yeah, it's great. Joe Walsh, Funk 49. Can't miss it, but, you know, I'm not sure in the context of this, it really worked very well. Yeah, I agree. It it was nice to see them play it, but could have been fine without it. I've always liked this song. Um, I thought it was cool. I felt like it went on a little long, but I was like, it's cool. Good, nice guitar showcase song, but yeah, it's okay. All right, we're winding down. Next song, a song that from Hotel California, Legendary. A lot of good guitar in it. Joe Walsh uh, fucking killing it, but it's life in the fast lane. Yeah, great tune. Love it. Love Walsh here. Love that riff. It's wonderful. Can't say enough about it. Yeah, this was probably his strongest performance of the night that even though Don sang it, it seemed like a lot of the attention was on Joe and rightfully so. One of the best Eagle songs for a reason love it they crushed it with the performance no doubt yeah walsh's guitar and the fucking lyrics off the charts now another mount rushmore song the last song before the encores and uh vince sings this version instead of glenn obviously uh and that's heartache tonight great song tommy you get a little bit of that extra drive guitar here a little bit of blues a little bit of r&b it's like a classic detroit song i think it's great no, it's Glenn's song. I'm sure Deacon would have been fine performing it, but once again, Vince taking the reins on this one. I was really happy to see them close out the original part of the set with this, with him singing. Vince just doubling down on the MVP of the night with this. Amazing. Again, up for my favorite Eagle song of all time. Loved it. Great hearing it. Now they leave, come back, encore. Rocky Mountain Way. Rocky Mountain Way. But he does bring out the talk box, which I fucking love. Awesome. Yeah, Dan? I left. I didn't see any of the encores. Yeah, you, you know had why? to go. Because I realized why, even though I did have to go, but I do realize why. I'm protesting because Felder's not in the band. Because <laughs> they end with the ultimate Felder song. And I don't really care about hearing Rocky Mountain Wakes. I've heard it a million times. Desperado, all I hear about is Nosferatu in my head. And all I want to do is see Felder and Walsh rip that solo, and I didn't get it. Does this mean you're going to leave us now, Dan? I, I definitely could. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe I should. Maybe I should actually leave now, guys. It's been a pleasure. Cheers, cheers, Dan. You're the man. Love you, buddy. Love you, man. Dan, before you quickly leave, give us your quick three songs that you think were your favorite. Witchy Woman. One of these nights. And uh, I thought In the City was amazing and surprising how good it was live, actually. Nice. Dan, right, thank guys. you, Roddy. All right, Dan. Enjoy the buddy. concert. All right. Bye. It's funny. We lost Dan at this time. We're losing him now. Rocky Mountain Way, Murph. You know, it could be said that uh, Walsh 
is in in everyday life and throughout the entire concert was using the uh, talk box. Uh, he actually sounded better with the talk box than. <laughs> what are you talking about, Murph? Yeah, um, I, I know this was where he got a lot of attention on the last time we saw them. So this was going to be a a, a long focus on him. As I said, I, I could have done without it, but I know that the crowd totally eats it up, and uh, they they certainly did that night as well. Yeah, it's a cool showcase for the guitar work, and of course, the crowd loves Joe Walsh. I mean, I, I do like this song, so this this was kind of cool. This is cool. Yeah, and the, his vocals on this, it, it's just unique. Yeah, so it works. Yeah. Something's going on. It's like Malt is moving all over the fucking place. The talk box going at the end and the solo. Fucking amazing. Yeah. And we didn't even talk about this. How about all the fucking slide work that he's doing between the amazing. slide guitar that he's doing and the talk box and the yep. regular solos? Unbelievable. One of the best guitarist performances I've ever seen. Yeah, it was fucking good. amazing. Yep. All right. Let's go to the next song, and that is Don Henley coming to the forefront, singing Desperado. And I'll be honest, gave me kind of a chills because everything, the lights go down, the the, the light camera, the cell phone lights go up, and it's just him. And he's really what the original, only original Eagle left, and he's singing Desperado to us for the last time. I've always loved this song. And I wish I could say that I appreciated it and savored it that night. And I know we haven't talked about it, but I was right on the uh, end of the row. And all night long, people were fucking coming up, trying to take video clips, trying to dance. And you had security staff pushing everybody back. And this song, there was just a swarm of people. And actually there was somebody that crossed our road because she was shit faced and wanted to dance with her boyfriend in the aisle. So I I was just getting really aggravated with everybody around us. It was right. I I wanted to go up to the staff, like I'll punch him if you want. Like it was just that. Yeah. Murph. Um, But I wish I went Murph. Yeah, seriously. I, I wish I was able to savor it, but that, at that particular point in the evening, there was just too many distractions going on. And maybe Dan was onto something with uh, taking off a song earlier. All I could think of is just Seinfeld. That's if every time I hear this, I just, that's all I could think of is that episode. It, this song is, it, it's, it's a nice ballad, but at this point I'm like, ah, come on, man. It's like when kiss plays Beth in the encore, I'm like, fucking kill me. Yeah, uh, Desperado is, you can tell it's brilliance, but you, I've just, I've heard it enough times. And, yeah. Uh, but I did get a little bit of, you know, the chills and stuff because I know it's the last time sure. he's playing it at the garden. Yep. And there he is in front. It's him after all these years when he started out. He, here he is singing to this crowd. Well, then we get to the last track. And uh, as you might imagine, it's obviously Hotel California. What I like is this is the only time and the second time because um, like which a woman is all of a sudden you get the background images on the screen on the behind and it's the hotel and the spooky shit in the background. And they finish with Hotel California. Murph. We knew it was coming. It sounded great. It was awesome to see that backdrop. Um 
you know, once again, we were, we were just, it was a blessing and a curse. We had incredible seats. So everybody was pushing up at the end, but I, I did take a moment to say, okay, this is the last time you're seeing them. They are a band that uh, I've always liked. Um, I would say at this point, I love. And just if you had told me three years ago, you're going to see them twice in the next few years live and they're going to sound unbelievable. I would have like, no. Um, so it was just a great way to wrap it up. And, uh, you know, they sounded great all night and they wrapped it up with, uh, you know, just a solid performance. And then, you know, the solos at the end, Joe and, and Stuart just, uh, you know, you would have thought it was 77. I mean, I love the song. I love the, you know, the solo and everything. It's, I mean, it's a, it's a classic. It's their, it's their, you know, stairway to heaven, especially in terms of guitar solos. But maybe this is because I'm not the, the, the diehard that you guys are. I thought this entire encore was really kind of lackluster for me. I, 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 I thought the, I thought the show itself was fucking spectacular. Like, like, this is this is arguably and we'll get into this. I'll just say it now. Arguably one of the best concerts I've ever seen in my entire life. Like, and I've seen a million concerts in the in the last thirty five years of my life. I just I really thought this entire three song encore was kind of a dud. I thought Rocky Mountain Rocky Mountain Way was a little bit long and plodding. I thought Desperado, I get it, was a snoozer, and I thought this version of Hotel California. It's almost like they were like, yeah, we got to get out of here. I don't know. I- I would have, you know, I know why they played it. Yeah. But if they really wanted to, if they wanted to end it on a high note with the energy, Heartache Tonight would have been the very last song. Totally agree with you, Murph. I think that's the problem. As great and legendary as Hotel California is, it's a mellow song. It's a subdued song. And I and I feel like as as we walked out, I was like, ah, like, like we give shit to Kiss for playing the same stuff, but they end on rock and roll all night. Everybody's fucking invigorated and fired up and emotional and jacked up. And I just feel like this was like, okay, that was great. Have a good night, everybody. All right. So the thing that I will add is the fact of the matter is it, the solos, although they're great, it ain't Felder and, right. and Walsh going back and forth to get everybody off their seat and going nuts. You're right. I think that would have a completely different energy. What I would do, Hotel California would be the first on Yep. Yeah, you said that. It should be. Great, the first totally agree. One. Yep. Where you can like the lights are out again, and all of a sudden they come back, and you would hear that the crowd would just fucking flip out and get off. They the used seat. to open. They used to open with it way back. Yeah. So, but if they do that as the first encore, it would really work. Now, the second song would have been something like "Already Gone" or yep. "The Long Run." Yep. And then they would end with heartache tonight because that gets the crowd wicked into it. Yeah. So those are the two things. I, I like the performance. I've heard Hotel California before. Uh, I think it's great. It's just, yeah. you know, it, to me, it's 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 a shame because it, Felder's alive and he should be in there playing it. But whatever. Uh, regardless, I thought the concert overall was Another one of my top five easy concerts I've ever been to being with you guys makes it even better being there with my kid makes it even better. Uh, I said to her too, as a joke, I'm like, you realize you've seen the Eagles twice. Do you know, like how, like when you have grandkids, you're going to say, I saw the Eagles twice. Grandkids are going to be like, how the fuck was that possible? Who are you? Ten? Exactly. <laughs> She's going to be like, yes. Yeah. And uh, the other thing is, 
the reviews that we read and everywhere I looked online afterwards, all fucking saying like, why are they quitting? They're still on top of their game. This is amazing. They're playing as good as ever. And the other thing is, I know it's uh, maybe it's uh, I'm overreacting, but the enjoyment that the crowd got from watching this, I can't measure it, but it's probably the best I've ever seen anybody like uh, a crowd enjoy anything I've ever seen, especially at the garden. They fucking love this, ate it up. Everybody was so into it. It was like such a happy feeling up until the part. If you ever try to take a video and the uh, ushers would scream at you like no cameras, no videos. Yeah. Like, what, what the fuck am I? They had, yeah. Yeah. They had people assigned to just monitor. And I'm wondering, I was talking about this at work with some friends. We've seen a ton of we've seen tons of shows. We video all the time. I'm wondering if because we're floor seats, fifth row, if the rules are a little bit different because they know how high quality our videos would be that they don't want that. They don't they don't give a shit if you take a video from the 200, 300 section or whatever. They don't give a shit. But fifth row is almost like pro level videos. And they're like because they had guys like literally dressed in black, like Gestapo people, like yeah, ready to re- put your ready camera to- down. Ready or to confiscate phones. Ready yeah, to take listen, phones. You're going to leave if you we say something to you again. You're like, oh, yeah, fuck. yeah. You yeah. can take a picture, but they don't want videos. Yep, yep. Very weird. Yeah. But I, overall, again, one of my favorite uh, concerts I've ever been to. I would probably say uh, that the first one I saw with Murph is probably my favorite. Yep. And that's because they played thirty fucking songs. And they played Hotel California all the way through, which is probably one of my favorite albums of all time. So that might be. But I enjoyed the fact that I got to see Staley Dan for the first time and hear something different. Uh, I had a great time. I I loved it. It's one of the best concerts I've ever been to. So I'll pass it off to you, Murph. Incredible night. Uh, Staley Dan was to have the opening act perform to a packed house i mean that just tells you just uh the musicianship that was uh performing that night the quality was unbelievable um I, you know talking earlier with tommy about how you know they don't use backing tracks because they just make sure that they lean on each other you know and it's this the the sum of its parts was just uh you know one of those examples they just all make it each other better the only uh downside to the night and uh Henley referenced it early when he first spoke to the crowd. Thank you for coming out on a school night. You know, uh, we're of that age too. I was fucking just in a funk at work the rest of the week. And I had to take Friday off because I just couldn't get my body back on track after going to a concert Jesus, on a Monday old, night. <laughs> old man. <laughs> it affected you all the way to Friday. Wow. Yeah. And by the way, I parked in the garden. That's another thing that I would say, like, how did I get so lucky? I got out of there. I flew out of there. I didn't stop. I got out of there within like, you know, I was home within 40 minutes yeah. from the garden that, you know how it is. If you go to the garden, if you get stuck there, you're in there for like 45 yeah. minutes or an hour circling around to get out of there. And everything worked. I got there on time and I left uh, easily from the garden. So Tom. Yeah. I, I mean, Steely Dan doesn't open for anybody. I mean, they're, 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 they're a headliner. They, they, you know, they tore, but of course you, you, you put these two bands together. We mentioned at the beginning of the episode, you know, how much respect and admiration they have for each other. So seeing Steely Dan for me just was phenomenal. It'll be the last time I see them probably. 
um, and seeing the Eagles for the first time and just being blown away. And now just an incredible experience um, seeing, like I said, a, a just one of the all time great American bands. And you're right. Why are they stopping? These guys are not limping to the finish line here. They are not limping to the finish line. All of these guys are crushing it vocally, musically, performance wise. And that's because the music is conducive to that. It's not hard rock. You know, they're not trying to do deuce and Detroit rock city. You know, they're doing this type of mellow rock that has a little bit of upbeat stuff to it. So they can keep, they can keep doing it. The only thing I can think of is like, fuck it. We're old. Let's just sign off. Hey, I was the, I was thinking, Tom, so you mean like Timothy B. Schmidt isn't getting dragged up to the rafters? Vince Gill isn't spitting blood out? Well, another thing, well, you bring up another point, too, Murph. Hold on one second. You bring up another good point, and we didn't talk about this yet. They didn't waste any fucking time. No, 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 no extensive banter in between songs. No solos, no bullshit. It was boom, boom, boom. Even... So for the encore, for me, it felt like it was one of the first times I've ever seen a band like not get off the stage and waste time. Yeah. They just went right into the encore. And I was like, this is like just a well-oiled machine. They're not fucking around. Yeah, so, conserving Hen- energy uh, big time. Sorry, Zeus. Go ahead. No, Henley even said it, right? He's like, yeah. we're not going to be talking much because we want to get as many songs in here as possible. Dude, you never you never talk. So, but it's always funny because one of the things that they, you would hear about in Felder's book and things like that, they would always say how fucking anal Don Henley was when they brought, like, it was a problem to bring Joe Walsh in because he didn't think he could handle him because he is so fucking meticulous. Yeah. And yeah. Joe Walsh is a crazy man. He wants to walk around stage, talk shit, do stupid shit, say stupid shit and do, and it fucking would drive Henley nuts. And and he hates that shit. But over time, he's like, you know what? Fuck it. We need this kind of Joe Walsh at rock attitude. And he would let him. Even like the stupid shit where Walsh is. This is the only thing when he was doing the, you guys are going to go wacka, wacka, wacka. Oh, my <laughs> God. That was hilarious. So let me ask you this. The, the million-dollar question here. You guys are the Eagles diehards. You've seen him multiple times in concert. Let me ask the question that everybody loves to ask. The set list. What were your thoughts on the set list? Murph. 90% of it. I was fine. Um, you know, I, I think even among, they have so many hits uh, that, you know, we, yeah, I know you've talked about the the deep cuts and, you know, they're never going to do that, but something like victim of love, you know, that, that mm-hmm. was one that I would have liked to have seen in there. The, the set on itself, it's, it's unbelievable. It, it's, they just, you, you even made the comment of like, I can't believe they have so many good songs that they are playing tonight. You know, and I think it's just more of kind of mix it around, like with the encore, you know, that, that I think you hit it on there. Start with Hotel California, uh, put in Heartache Tonight or, you know, just, uh, already gone. You, you can mix it around, but there was just a couple of points during the middle of the set where it got a little, too mellow at, at times but that but that's, that's their their background right yeah. exactly exactly all right so i look at that set list and i will say to you point out the say yeah in that set list uh, you that's exactly the segue i was going to get into there is none you exactly yep. all i would say is like i have more favorite songs than what's in there there's not one un like unpopular song in there Yep. There's nothing he's shoving down our throat. For me, I would always have the long run in there 
because of the slide. Yes. It's one of my favorite songs. I like the that song too. Guitar is amazing. Um, but there's nothing in here that I could say. Well, I, I mean, that I would say um, has to be in there. I would say I'd prefer it to be in there. Right. So I would want old 55, the long yep. run, uh, things like that. But I would take A Good Day in Hell and other songs, too, that would, they would never really play. They've only played once or twice. Uh, it, so it's kind of, uh, I don't know. It, it, there's nothing there that I can really complain about. So it's the last tour. They have to play these songs. I think Tommy summed it up best actually earlier. Just take out the solo stuff and put in those other yeah, hits. But those solo things have been in the yep. Eagles set list since the seventies. All those Joe Wall songs. He, he's incorporated that with them. Uh, the only thing is like, but boys of summer is such an iconic song. And when maybe he Don Henley's ha- hanging it up, so maybe people want to hear that. I don't know. Uh, I guess you could say I would take out Funk Forty Nine and maybe Boys of Summer, uh, if if you had to take out something. And I don't want to hear Tequila Sunrise. I don't want to hear. I can't tell you why, but you got to leave them in there. You, you just there's too many people that love those songs. So I just looked at Kiss's last performance when they played at that that Speedway or whatever that thing in Wisconsin. They say yeah, it's not in the set list. They took it yeah, out. they took yeah, they took it out because they didn't have a certain amount of time. They also took out, if you notice, uh, "Do You Love Me," and they also took out uh, um, "Deuce" is not in that set list, right? Yeah, so, so "Deuce," think about that. Yeah, they just had to shorten the set list. That's not what's coming up. Believe me, there's. Well, I mean, I, 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 I'm, I, we're all we're all holding our breath. Well, me and you aren't holding our breath, but we're, I think everybody's like, oh, when they come and do a, when they do the last U.S. tour, they're going to mix up. No, they're not. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Ace is going to come out. They're going to play I Stole Your Love. Sure they are. Uh, the last thing, uh, guys, each of you, your favorite three songs? Murph? So for me, I would say it's probably going to be Vince Gill Heavy. Um, take It to the Limit. I Can't Tell You Why. Lion Eyes. For me, Heartache Tonight, Lion Eyes. Probably Witchy Woman, just because the version was fucking phenomenal. Okay, for me, it's not my favorite songs or anything, but Witchy Woman, I I'm, I don't even like that song. It was just fucking different. Yeah, it was great. Um, it was yeah, great. that was great. Uh, I can tell you, In the City for me was the other one. And then, yep. although it, it may not be the best version of it, I loved Heartache Tonight just because I knew it was the last song before the encore and they were all yep. up front and it's yep. such a sing-along kind of a song. So yep. I would say those three. Awesome. Uh, awesome concert. Longer, probably the longest Dorm Damage uh, episode we've ever done. It's okay. So well worth it. And uh, when we do get to go to concerts together, we will be talking about them. So uh, we want to thank Dan, I Love It Louder, Murph, Tom. Thank you guys for listening as well. Thank you, guys. Good seeing you. Always a good hang. Love the show. You dragged me into the Eagles. Now I'm an Eagle Tard. Thanks. Till next time. Peace out, Girl Scout.
It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.